Under the Bar podcast here in the Millennium Noggin mm. in Eagle Waves Radio Studio mm. at uh, Cafe Vivo mm. in the heart of Sydney on mm. George Street. Mm. Mate, mm. it's all happening. Mm. Look, we find up the mainframe. It's ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We plug, we, we, we twiddle the knobs. There was another, you were supposed to remember another oh, catchphrase. What was what it? Was this? That was a good one. It was a really good and one. And I said, don't bother writing it down. I'll, I'll remember, remember it. it. Like yeah. all the good ones that we forget. All right, I'll just talk about this. You have a think yeah, about what's oh, going yes. on there. So this is an evil genius down under mm. seminar, not a seminar special. There'll mm. be another one of those coming soon. Yes. We're layering this on thick. Mm. Dangling carrot. We're, we're just doing a seminar sneak peek. Mm. And this is quite organic, Rawdon, in uh, typical under-the-bar fashion. GMO-free, yep. Basically what's been going on in lead-up to this massive seminar that we're doing, we've been talking to Broderick in a fairly mm. casual basis every Wednesday Loose. morning before doing podcast mm. Activities, yep. Um, basically, just to get the feel of what the mm. seminar is going to be well, like. Well, actually, came about you like because I've obviously spent uh, years and years talking to Broderick and getting a feel for his psyche. But you know, you, you'd done your interviews via the you know the program uh, on the mainframe, and you yeah. thought, look, I just need to uh, a few look, skypes I, here and there, uh, but yeah, it's not enough. Exactly, I need to get my feel for Broderick mm. so I can really engage and and fundamentally get the most out of him on the day at the at seminar in Sydney, and of course up north with the uh, flex success, uh, the Cane Toe territory where we're going to go. And basically, we decided we would actually record some of these. Well, uh, he's, little, he, he's too good not to record. Yeah, off-the-cuff chats. Whenever mm. he's online, just press record, mm. no matter what we're talking about. Mm. And basically, we were having a, a discussion. Actually, it was about my own training mm. and um, an issue with recovery. Yes. Then it's you. And mm. uh, then that led one led thing to another and mm-hmm. another. And mm. then we got onto a conversation layer upon layer. about growth hormone. Oh, and the it, elephant in the room. It was a, a wonderful breakdown of mm. what the hormone does and mm. all the ins and outs well, of it. It broke down to IGF-1 fundamentally, didn't it? It did. And other growth factors. It came out the back of the liver. Mm. And, back door. Uh, out the back door. And out the were, back door. There were growth factors. Mm. Um, so we thought we'd put but this let's up. Not, let's not pretend we actually know what we're talking about. No, no, absolutely not, mate. But mm. the 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 we <laughs> come on, mate. Mate, we know as much as Cam. We don't even bother uh, pretending uh, anymore. Cam, do you know much? <laughs> no, he just shrugged. Yeah. He shrugged. He might look like a rock star, but he, he's not a rock star. He, no, know, he no. knows how to uh, wookie. That's he, for sure. Yes. But that's that's the extent of well, it. Well, he does it all for the wookie. Now, mate, <laughs> he so there that. you go. You like that one? <laughs> it's, I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> Uh, so, yes. the seminar is on uh, in Sydney on the 7th mm. of April, 2018. At, at, at Red Dwarf. Giant Dwarf. Giant Dwarf. <laughs> and Dwarfism. Th- and then we're up to Brisbane the following Saturday, 14th of April. And that's in... Uh, Little Tokyo uh, l- l- 2. Oh, okay, yep. Little Tokyo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the function centre. Right. But basically, you can go to evilgeniusdownunder.com yep. for all the information about the actual uh, seminar. Yeah, there's and, actually and some pretty cool... I mean, you're going to bother rattling them off, or oh yeah, we've done that a few times. No, that's you? fine. We, we you can read about it there. Yeah, but some good as topics. part of the actual seminar, because we couldn't get everything into the day, there's mm. some prerequisite content yep, yep, on yep. the biology, mm. and what we're doing with that that will be in sort of audio PDF format. Mm-hmm. The outline for that will be uh, section one will be about mm. an overview of evolutionary biology. Well, from uh, little little uh, tadpoles up to the to what we are. You and I st- sitting here today, that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. evolution, Cell, tissue, organ, mm. system, mm. all that kind of stuff. Yep, that um, stuff's pretty cool, though. It's really cool. Yeah, 
but maybe not in a seminar. You don't want to... Mm, yeah. Yeah, so that's good we're doing it beforehand. Yeah. Good. Then we go, section two will be the bio- biology of the key body systems. Ah. So, you Break know... Break this down, like what? Things like digestive system, ah, yep. endocrine mm. system, immune. exocrine system, the immune system. Skeletal. Skeletal, mm. muscular, nervous. So mm. then we're going to go through with... Is there a sexual system? <laughs> reproductive system. Reproductive, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Technical um, term, sexual. Uh, and obviously, Broderick, he's a biologist. Mm. And so from a, a biological perspective, we mm. go through the system of the body it'll be a great understanding of what's going on in the body right so he, I mean these the idea is this because he will he'll potentially refer to these things on the day so um, that's why we're doing it so you can have a bit of a, a, a grasp on the fundamentals before uh, attending the seminar then we go on to another section where we go through the biology, biology. Of, the, of the key hormones of those systems testosterone yep. estrogen oh, yeah. growth oh, no. hormone yes. insulin cortisol yep. Ooh. all the thyroid hormones yes um, the um, adrenaline noradrenaline hormones uh, yeah, yeah. Catecholamines. Catecholamines. we're getting into the need to know stuff now this is pretty relevant with what we do as, as coaches and, and, and trainers so a breakdown from a biological perspective on mm-hmm. all of those hormones and then obviously on the day at the seminar mm-hmm. then they can be taken into more of a athletic performance yes. body composition context yep. so yep. really yep. looking yep. forward to that but we're going to play this uh, this outtake of a mm. 30-minute uh, discussion on growth hormone. Mm. And just imagine having something of similar content on all these other hormones of the body. Like when mm. I think about it, Rawdon, the actual the pre-content for this seminar Mate, is, is worth the price of the ticket in, well, in, in look, its own Well, to be right. honest, they probably don't even have to come to the seminar. <laughs> just just pay, listen to the stuff and, and be done with it. Yeah, just so don't turn up on the day. So uh, the dates again, 7th of April, yep. Sydney, 14th of April, Brisbane. Go to evilgeniusdownunder.com yep. for the uh, all the information about the seminar. And, and obviously we're, we're combining forces with uh, Flex Success. Dean and uh, Lizzie are, are putting pen to paper and really being integral in this, uh, making this happen. Pushing buttons uh, north of the border and, uh, and we're certainly... Uh, for, for, for those that don't know, it will be a, a combined, I guess, effort. Uh, Tom, uh, myself, and uh, Dean McKillop will be, uh, you know, I guess... Well, the thing is, um, if you don't really know Broderick, he, he, he's so... Uh, when he gets... Wha- he's like the Tasmanian... Is it the Tasmanian devil, you know, that spins around and, and does the whirlybird thing yes. and, and, and it gets faster. You know, that... that uh, uh, Warner Brothers, the, the, the cartoon character, he's like that. When he gets wound up, he, he will just he will spin and knock everyone over. So we we need to <laughs> guide him and 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 uh, funnel him on the, the keep him on track because mm. he will get wound up and 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 give so much detail on <laughs> on topics which are absolutely fascinating to us. But we we need him to get through a certain amount of topics on the day. So yeah. we're going to be lending a helping hand and and obviously giving our perspective uh, as as you know appropriate on, on the various things we talk yes, about too, which. Which will be fun as well. And we also, obviously, we need Dino there just to yes. uh, add some credibility to well, beyond yeah. you and I. You, well, you know he, I mean? he's got degrees and stuff. Yeah. Like, like Much like Broderick, he's, he's come to dude. the party with, uh, yeah. I think, exercise science degree and, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. So uh, far more uh, skilled than you and I, yeah. uh, you know, just generally speaking. But it would be cool to be combining forces with him. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So all the content's there. Mm-hmm. Um, go to Evil Genius Down Under. But uh, for now, just enjoy. Sit uh, back, get some popcorn. Yeah. Feed a little, up. Uh, nice little snippet of uh, fairly loose conversation mm. on growth hormone. I 
tell you what, Broderick, what you were saying about maintenance of strength over the season mm. is very interesting watching um, the NBA as much as I do because pre-season, when they come out, they fuck, they look bigger than yeah. what they finished last season after, after you know, uh, nine months of, of basketball. But I reckon this year... They're maintaining size maybe a little bit. Maybe it's my brain or mm. they're doing something different. But looking at the players generally, they look more muscular than... Mm. than, than don't, don't get Broderick started. <laughs> I can say with a straight face, I have not actually consulted in my professional realm with a professional basketball player. But I can tell you that I know what I'm looking at as a professional. And I would say that growth hormone use has gone up several hundred percent in the NBA over the last five years. Mm. Interesting. So what are the primary benefits of growth hormone as an agent compared to a, an anabolic from their perspective? It's borderline undetectable. Right. And that's, that, I mean, it has some very specific you know, biological actions, yeah. but the big reason that it's becoming so highly abused in sports, boxing, American football, and basketball is largely because it is borderline undetectable. Uh, if you fail a drug test for growth hormone, you either were subject to the most absurd conditions or you're just really, really not very bright. Um, and also, but, yeah. Broderick, it, the, I mean, it's, it's, it's common knowledge that the, the growth hormone has a profound impact on uh, connective tissue and, 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 and tendon exactly. health. So, I mean, that from a, exactly. I mean, we're just talking about that's going to inhibit yeah. uh, play over time. For that reason alone, it would, it would probably be uh, the weapon of choice, at least in addition with yeah. with other supplementation, surely. Especially in a sport, and I'm not super intimate with, again, I've never actually consulted with a professional basketball player, but I understand physics and I understand biology, and you're, t- you're talking about a hard surface, mm. um, you know, big, tall men with long levers bouncing up and down on a hard surface. Yeah. Um, that's mm. got to be pretty dilatorious to one's joints. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure that I would pursue some sort of recovery avenue. Oh, you'd fucking have to. Like, what they do, and particularly as some of those guys... They play guys, rough, too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's physical, and they're massive. They're fucking Dude. massive. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of players are getting older. Absolutely. And it's interesting you mention that, because that is actually one of my major arguments. You know, people always, you know, give me this, well, you know, people aren't failing a drug test, and there's not a lot of arrests in the world, and what makes you think drug use is so prominent? I'm like, because the average age, the Mm. average career duration Mm. is five times what it was in 1970. Mm. In, In American football, the career length in 1970 was two years. Yeah, well, yeah, two well, years. Fuck. Yeah. Now we got guys playing professional Super Bowl caliber football. Oh, dude! I mean, that would over be over forty. Yeah. The scale like, weight's probably gone up ten kilos in that period of time as well. Oh, ten's a joke. Yeah. The, you know, the average NFL lineman in the nineteen seventies was two hundred thirty pounds. Now they're three hundred thirty pounds. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, uh, and just uh, I mean, we we I mean, Broder and I talk about this and and and. I mean, a- anabolics. Everyone, we know they're bad, but but how are they actually bad? And uh, you could go into the, you know, the the issues with cholesterol, issues with liver, um, dealing with the anabolic. But but Broderick, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. You know, the, the, the most profound thing that happens over time is just you wear the body out. You you you're 20 kilos heavier than what you normally are. Yeah. It stresses the cardiovascular, stresses the heart, everything. That's the work joints, connective tissue, everything else. 
So, Absolutely. you know, that's one of the things that uh, it sort of makes sense to you. Like a, a bigger individual just is not on the planet as long as a smaller. It's a bit yes. like uh, the Great Danes, you know, they yes. live to the age of two and then they're dead. So, like, if these guys are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and they're playing for longer and longer and longer, mm. I mean, come on. There's only it, one it, answer. Exactly. Yeah, none, none of that should be particularly you know difficult to discern. But people insist on burying their head in the sand and ignoring it, and that, that's cool. It you know it makes my job all the more exciting and mysterious. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, for, fortunately they do because I you know mm. would you be watching? Um, no, you know, and if if there were there weren't the alley oops and the and the slam dunks and we the, don't want to watch exactly clean athletes. You don't. It's no. boring. No, no, absolutely not. And that's the thing people don't realize is, you know, think about everything, even things that are not only quasi-sports. I mean, imagine if pro wrestling was populated by just people. Yeah. Like, the fuck, yeah. what, what, what would, who would tune into that? It's a, it's a bad analogy because it makes people wince, but yet it's not a bad analogy. Is It's the reason why people tune into porn. It's to watch people with things and abilities that you don't fucking have. That's why you watch it. I mean, if you look like you, you just stand in front of a fucking mirror. And that's jar, not jar, how it works. Gyrate the hips. But I mean, same with uh, yeah. same with with, with with bodybuilding. As if you're going to uh, pay to go to the Mr. Olympia and uh, and see guys that you would see, you know, in your local competition. Yeah, I, I, I want to see freaks yeah, exactly. walking yeah. around like defying the laws of uh, you know physiology. You know, Everything. but. Uh, so Fascinating. can we talk about uh, growth hormone a little bit? Because that's um, just percolating that's over right. that one. You know, with testosterone, as you get older and, and testosterone levels go down, you can either take a, a, a supra physiological dose and get jacked, or you can go on the therapy and have it more. Therapeutic, yep. Is there like a therapeutic dose of growth hormone that would be beneficial for everyone sure. just walking around day to day? Um, growth hormone's a lot harder to quantify on that level. And be before I say that, let me actually say this um, to, to both intrigue you and depress you. Um, the whole decline of testosterone as you get older is actually exactly normal and correct. Mm -hmm. Because as Rodden just pointed out, the number one indicator of mortality is body mass. Bigger creatures of the same species never live long as, as smaller creatures. So nature has decided rather intelligently, uh, bad pun there intended toward the intelligent design twits, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> nature has decided rather intelligently that once reproductive age has passed, that being smaller is actually a survival benefit. The less you weigh, the more likely you are to live longer. So the decline of androgens over time is actually a longevity mechanism built right into the species. Mm, mm. A lot of people don't think about it that way. Now, yes, it does diminish your, quote, quality of life and a lot of things. Absolutely, I'm not about to argue that. But from sheer animal survival, the smaller you get, the easier it is to collect the necessary volume of calories mm. and the more likely you are to live longer so that's one of the reasons why that happens so now rolling that concept over into growth hormone it's a lot harder to quantify because peptides are largely environmentally responsive for instance insulin which is a peptide everybody understands is largely responsive to what you eat so your environment 
provides the food. So the, the disposition of your environment is going to generate uh, – you determine the, the disposition of your diet. And that's going to respond in kind with insulin. Mm -hmm. So we have a situation with growth hormone where you can't really say this is the appropriate level for somebody your age, weight, whatever because it's largely environmentally influenced. That same person, age, weight, race, whatever, in Siberia would probably not have the same growth hormone release as they would at the equator. That makes sense because of what external factors are causing the, the body to respond to them. Correct. So it's, it's very much harder to, to, to give a number to quantify it, but you can say in very general terms that more growth hormone is going to result in less, less adipose tissue, more muscular tissue and more liberated joints that's pretty valid to say under every condition okay any negatives that come along with that well there's negatives that come along with everything i mean there's negatives that come along with you know watching porn there's no there's no free ride anywhere in the universe um i i think i'm pretty qualified you know to say that like there is nothing there's no free energy there's no you know perpetual motion there's no nothing hmm. so yes there's negatives but in reasonable dosing, the negatives are pretty modest. Keep in mind, in most therapeutic kind of dosing ranges, you know, one, two, maybe three IUs, these are numbers, volumes of that hormone that the body could in fact manufacture on its own. It's mm. not like you were, you know, taking five grams of androgens, which is, you know, literally probably 900 times more than a body could ever make. Mm. Uh, it's not that sort of situation. Mm. Um, now, the difference is typically environmental conditions are so transient that you wouldn't get a 3IU release of growth hormone every day for a year, that, uh, admittedly, but the 3IU release of growth hormone volume is reasonable within normal physiology. Total in the day. All so, right. I mean, th there's definitely negatives. I mean, you know, all the things you've heard, you know, long-term use of growth hormone tends to, because of the complicated cascade of hormones, uh, tends to cause a long-term a long elevation in blood sugar that could, in someone susceptible to it, generate insulin resistance, um, possibly even lead to blatant diabetes, although that's actually really, really overstated. Um, it just doesn't happen very often, but it, it is technically possible. Um, again, uh, carpal tunnel is is actually probably the most common side effect. Yeah. Uh, it it mm. is in fact possible. You make tissues at large grow in places where you have very small spaces, like the wrist carpals, like some of the nerves behind your knees. They, you know these things go through very small passages, as it were. If they were to swell, they could create pressure. So there's there's always those kinds of potentials. But in general, not not a lot of risk. No. Mm, okay. Tell me, Broderick, is it uh, uh, is it we know that with testosterone, there's a, a feedback loop, uh, you know, negative feedback. So when you supplement testosterone, you suppress your uh, endogenous production. Is is growth hormone similar? Where if you if you do supplement that one one to three IU, like you mentioned, and and essentially provide what your body would provide at, at peak levels at a younger age. And then, you know, theoretically reap the benefit of, uh, you know, better joints and connective tissue. And, uh, you know, people report sleep 
being uh, far better in recovery from uh, activity. Uh, is that does it inhibit? Is that in, in addition to what you're still producing, or once you go down that route, is it is that it? You suppress your endogenous production of growth hormone. Um, there is no consensus on that that I'm aware of. There is a feedback loop. It involves a compound called somatostatin, um, and somatostatin does elevate opposite in concurrence with the elevations of growth hormone. And the argument is, as your growth hormone levels go up, somatostatin goes up, and that curbs future productions of growth hormone. The reality is, I've not seen any studies that suggest that somatostatin elevates in concurrence with exogenous growth hormone. Um, My suspicion, this is purely a suspicion, but I'll explain why I think it, and you can use it for what you think it's worth. Um, Peptides at large, for instance, the one everyone knows pretty well, insulin, does not have a direct feedback loop. If you were to take exogenous insulin, it's not, quote, counted in the way your body tries to regulate blood sugar. Your body releases a given amount of insulin in regards to a given amount of eating carbohydrate, and then any insulin you take exogenously is in addition to. Um, My suspicion is that you have a similar scenario with growth hormone. The somatostatin feedback loop is probably relevant to endogenously produced growth hormone, but I strongly suspect it's not correlated to exogenous growth hormone. Okay. Okay. Tick in the box. Yeah. 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 Tick in the box. (laughs) Place that order. An old mate. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. So then how would a professional athlete, or take the NBA player, how would they... Would they be working with, um, of course, they would be working with a doctor to, to get all this right? Like, is it a delicate science? Do you need to be skilled? That's actually a really quirky question because um, the, 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 the truth is <laughs> to get most of the health slash recovery benefits, actually, no, if there's no skill at all. Take it, it works. Um, you know, children don't have any particular skill yet. They grow like weeds, and most of that growth is, in fact, driven by uh, somatropic hormone, growth hormone. So, no. Um, The the caveat to that is, for instance, bodybuilding. Bodybuilding, you are trying desperately to direct that growth into one compartment exclusively, that being contractile protein. That does, in fact, require skill because you need to have the proper environment blood sugar levels, available amino acids, a specific even variety of training, blood flow, etc. Timing, all sorts of things become relevant to get that drug and that tissue linked up and synergized at the same instant. That is actually incredibly complex and something that you know coaches like myself and many others spend all their time trying to work out. Um, okay. As the more systemic concept of overall health, lots of body fat, healthy joints, that's just what it does in the background. So that actually requires little to no skill. What you, you just take it, go about your day, it does its voodoo in the background, and you're better for it in the long run. So there's it's kind of two answers depending on which demographic you're looking at. Okay. So, Broderick, I've got a client who um, basically he's he's decided to get some peptides, oh. and he's he couldn't get he couldn't get injections past his wife, couldn't mm-hmm. get the needle, mm-hmm. but so he's just gone for some transdermal gels or creams, mm. and um, he's bought a uh, a, 
uh, a growth hormone releasing stack that they package they put together mm. and I've had a client in the past and she used them uh, injectables mm. and uh, put on quite a lot of weight she did well she did, older older, yeah, older but bear in mind she took a month off work she trained twice a day she was mm. eating fucking chicken or the almost 5,000 calories so mm. there's a, a lot of things going on but with the growth hormone pulsing peptides, uh, they always tell you to make sure it's two hours away from a meal and then 50 minutes before the next one. And, and you just mentioned something about the, the timing and insulin levels in the blood and blood sugar and all this kind of stuff. What's the mechanism going Method on there to the with, madness with there. growth hormone pulses and, and eating things? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that's bloody encompassing. That's a fucking enormous question. Okay. Um, let's do it this way. Um, growth hormone itself, whether you inject it or you make it, doesn't actually precipitate much of anything in the way of growth. Um, little known fact, growth hormone's name was changed somewhere along the line to growth hormone. Originally, if you buy a you know, medical text from the 60s or 70s, the compound we're referring to as growth hormone was referred to as somatropic hormone. And I think that was actually a better name because it's it's less relevant to the growth part. And it's, you know, soma is the, is the brain. It's, it's a hormone that comes from your brain stem and then goes forth and does shit. Okay, the goes forth and does shit is where the story begins. Growth hormone enters your bloodstream, whether you made it or bought it, and it doesn't do growth. But what it does do is a preparatory action. It re releases stored sugars from the liver and the muscles into the bloodstream, so your blood sugar goes up. That's where that whole insulin resistance thing potentially comes in. Yeah. More on that in a second. It causes a release of a, a cascade of hormones, adrenaline, norepinephrine, uh, lipase, to liberate stored fats, get those into the blood. Now, what this is, is, you know, it sounds like just a bunch of bio babble, but the reality is what this is, is an elevation in available energy. It's taking energy from storage vectors and putting them into play, putting them in the bloodstream. Because downstream, this forthcoming growth is very energy intensive. So it would all be for naught if you didn't have a prepackaged reservoir of energy okay, okay. yeah so that's what's going on there so it's dumping sugar and fat into the bloodstream in hopes that it's going to be consumed later in this rampant growth also it goes forth and saturates cells in various tissues and prepares them for the coming growth something called myonuclear donation it gets the nuclei of cells prepared to donate nuclear material to stem and satellite cells to make new, healthy, viable muscle cells, nerve cells, etc. So it's preparing the way for growth in every possible way. It's getting the energy available, it's getting the actual protein stage set to do this growth. Then the growth hormone geo finally winds its way through the locks and channels and rivers that is the bloodstream gets to the liver. The liver then does some really complicated biology and strips this 191 amino acid polypeptide growth hormone into an assortment of somatomedins. The one that's most popular, and again, somatropic hormone, somatomedins, it's actually synergy. I don't know why the names were changed, but anyway, and out the back of the liver comes 
growth factors. And the key word there is, in fact, growth. IGF-1, MGF, and there's a slew of them. We can name them for fucking hours. Um, but IGF-1 is the one everybody focus on. There is actually an IGF-2 and some other stuff that are mildly relevant. But IGF-1 then leaves the liver, goes back into the bloodstream, finds these pre-prepared cells and is able to work its growth voodoo because the stage has been set. That stage then requires vast amounts of energy, which conveniently is now available in the bloodstream, and growth ensues. So that's the kind of thumbnail sketch of the chain of events. So when I say that organization and strategy and timing is relevant for muscle growth, it is because if you disrupt any of those orders of operation, everything's lost. And coincidentally, you could augment any of those orders of operation for additional efficacy. For instance, during that window of elevation of blood sugar, you could go out of your way to consume carbohydrates and free amino acids. So now you've got even more energy plus additional pre-digested bioavailable proteins. So now growth can go even faster. So there's a, there's a very serious strategy necessary to get this directed toward contractile proteins. Now, if you're just talking about, you know, the, the, the mild collagenous proteins of your knee joints and whatever, it's a much smaller volume of total tissue of lower blood flow. So it's slower happening. It's longer. It takes place later in the order of operations and becomes less time dependent. That helped. Yeah, well, that, that, that was the yeah. that was a very thorough <laughs> overview of growth hormone yeah. and how it all works. So, and a couple of things from, that I just took out of that. Sure. Ron, do you want to? No, no, got, go for it. I've got to yeah, just okay, couple. Uh, I see one of the ad, the the uh, advantages being that it releases these things, but then it prepares the cells on the other end to actually take in nutrients. Is that a benefit? You know, actually having a smoother mechanism, a better working, more ready machine to take in these nutrients better than just consuming more nutrients, if that makes sense? Well, I mean, I, I think the, um, what, what you're trying to, the question you're asking is, is that sort of occurring? Is it, if you take more growth hormone, that's going to occur uh, more readily? Is that how the beauty of growth hormone yes. uh, works? Like if you, that happens anyway, because we have growth hormone, but if we try dump a whole pile more growth hormone, is that the key mechanism by which it's, it's so profound? Yes, but keep in mind, now things get out of hand. You can, oh, geez. you know, it, it, it's, like, <laughs> it's like having a job site. You've got this job site and you're going to build a building or whatever. There has to be parity between the number of laborers you have and the yeah, pile yeah, of bricks yeah, yeah, you yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just getting a bigger pile of bricks delivered is not going to get them put okay. in you know, order of a building any quicker. Mm. But mm. Right currently, you can, you can get 10 times more laborers, but if they're all fighting over the same bricks, still you don't get anything done. Right. So right. yes, more growth hormone definitely allows for the potential for greater, more rapid growth, okay. but only if you can concurrently elevate all of those other things. Yep. And that's where these very elaborate strategies come into play okay. is now you need X amount of highly digestible, highly available, rapid acting this thing and highly digestible, rapid acting that thing. And they have to be timed in such a way that they're you know, arriving right on the scene 
you know, no, not too early or not too late to get used because if they come too early, blood, sh you know, insulin will go up and strip them away. And if they come on too late, the process is already choked out. And so that it's, it's the greater and greater the dose, the more and more elaborate your mm. approach to using it must be. Again, like I said, it, I don't want to make it childlike, but think of children. None of this shit is in a child's head when it grows from, you know, a half a meter tall to fucking two meters tall. Mm. It's just eat, sleep, repeat, and the magic ensues. Mm. So that's kind of where you're at with that, I think. Yeah. But also there, I think, Broderick, is the there's plenty of studies that will show growth hormone didn't equate to an increase in muscle mass. Okay, cool. Well, that what you're saying, Broderick, makes perfect sense because the environment wasn't set. But you dump in three, three grams of anabolics and then all those scenarios are set up and then you've got the androgen levels which are a key mediator on 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 growth and one of the things that mTOR you know when we initiate that training wise you know it'll actually look at what androgen levels are at you know and that can be a rate limiting factor too so you know high doses of gh without you know high doses of anabolics well yes. you're not going to get as much uh much growth but Absolutely. put that in then high levels of insulin and you start you know and then like broderick said you you you, know, you play around with all the timings and stuff and you know that's uh that's where the magic happens yeah. but uh i mean not that we're encouraging our listeners to go do all these things but but in the world of super physiological uh, levels of muscle mass that the pro athletes pro bodybuilders have these days i mean that's where that's where the voodoo magic comes in it's yeah. uh it's orchestrating interesting in my mind, an interesting thing to look at is, quote, nature. And obviously, I, I hammer it over and over, but think, think about we have people in society that actually have pituitary disorders, uh, unfortunately, usually fatal pituitary tumors, but nonetheless, they're case subjects. RIP. Andre the Giant jumps to mind. The dude legitimately had a, th a pituitary problem, legitimately had acromegalia, rampant growth generated by somatropic hormone, and coincidentally, or perhaps not, we're not talking about an overly muscular individual. He was gigantic for sure, but not overly muscular, certainly not bodybuilder-esque. Yeah. It's not as if that growth hormone magically manifested a world-class physique. No. It, it absolutely did not. It just created an enormous overgrown individual. Mm. So that's kind of the obvious uh, talking points on the difference in environment. Had the environment of exercise and super physiologic food and timings, his physique, the use of that growth hormone would have turned out different. His physique would look different. Now, in, in, in a case like that where the, you know it's a 24-hour, seven-day week, it's, it's really not a good argument because they're still screwed – you know, physiologically and, and probably doomed to shortened life. Mm. But my, my example stands is there's a case of somebody who had gobs and gobs of free growth mm. hormone and it still didn't work out, you know, to their favor. I think yeah. the 50 or 60 beers a day didn't help either. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, probably not. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but but also to, to, to rewind and, um, and you can chime in here, I think you... You know, you went what we call uh, on the podcast, Tommy, balls deep into growth hormone and gave us a, a, a wonderful overview of, of how that all works. But getting back to that original point Tommy made, and, and I'm just going to chime in here and, mm. and uh, get your opinion on it, Broderick. But I think with the 
the growth, growth hormone releasing peptides where they, they initiated before a meal is because with a meal there's insulin going to be secreted and insulin growth hormone are usually not in the, 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 the same scenario at the one time. One is used to liberate energy yep. and the other is used to shuttle energy into the, into the muscle and stuff. So I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Broderick, that would probably be one of the reasons that why they're, they're administering you know, either side of a meal, yeah? Well done, mate. Um, yes, but my, my serious suspicion is there is uh, that's one of those things that's a great idea in just kind of talking out loud theory. 100%. But I think if you really got down to from the application of the compound to its actual action at target tissue, I'd be a bit suspicious of that timing. There you go, Rawdon. Growth hormone doesn't do growth. Mm. It goes, it does all these other things. Layer upon layer. It comes out the back of the liver mm. with the growth factors. Mm. So it sort of sets up the for, for the magic that's that's that's, that's going to unfold in the the hours really afterwards. Mm. So it's um, yeah. Shudder to think how in depth he's going to go into all oh. the other hormones. Mate, it's amazing to also uh, you know when he mentioned sort of. Uh, you know, a, a growth hormone release of a person mm. in uh, Siberia as opposed oh. to Equatorial Guinea would be different. Mm. Um, mm. You, you know, uh, Andre the Giant was pumping out all this growth he hormone, was. but he was. Uh, he was massive, but he wasn't in great shape. You, you sort of get a sense of how important the actual the training environment and nutritional yeah. environment is to the impact of these hormones, particularly mm. when you're using them uh, exogenously. Like mm. it's, yeah, sure, take them, but there's you know, the, the well, artwork to getting that right is... <laughs> well, hold on. Yeah, we're not saying, sure, take them. No. But we're saying, you know, if, <laughs> if you were going to take them, then, yeah, there is uh, far more to it. To get the most out of it anyway. Yeah, yeah, But uh, just from an anti-aging perspective, uh, you know, it sounds like as much as he, you know, Broderick says we should all get small, shrivel up and die, mm. I'm, I'm more for, you know, getting bigger and better and bigger and, and more gargantuan as the years progress. You know, really, really strain the systems. And I think yeah. GH and testosterone is going to allow me to do that <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, that's the podcast that mm-hmm. was a good one mate well done uh, evilgeniusdownunder.com for all the uh, detail on the seminar with um, Flex Success UTB and the Evil Genius awesome